0: You're listening to Three Valleys Radio
1: the ground, no room.
0: Welcome to our In Conversation program In this town, you're out of luck. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes, we cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. here on Three Valleys Radio. Okay, well good evening everybody. Welcome to In Conversation and today my guest is uh, a midfielder who played for Yeovil Town amongst others and Brentford. Um it's one Glenn Stephen paul Good evening, Glenn.
2: Good evening. How are you?
0: I'm fine and how about you?
2: Yeah, very well, thank you.
0: Good, good, good. Well, we're going to we're going to talk about your footballing career as best we can. I don't know if there's yep. much else to talk about with you whether you've got a hidden past <laughs> that we don't know about. but No, um, no. You were born on the 3rd of February then, 1981, uh, in Barking, yeah? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Can you ma- remember much about your, your home at that particular point in your life?
2: Not at that particular point, no, not when I was born. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I lived um, in uh, Hornchurch, um, well, that, and, and I pretty much lived there all my life until three years ago um, when I, I made a move with my family.
0: Right, right. So, um, let's talk about football there. I mean, when did you first yep. get into football? I mean, you know, were you sort of one of these two or three-year-olds that was always kicking a ball around or did it take a bit longer to get get into the phase of it all?
2: No, no, no. My dad's uh, always uh, said that I had a ball even in my cot. He used to put a ball at the end of the cot and, uh, by my feet and I used to kick it, Um, I was always, always, always with a ball, Uh, loads of pictures of me with a ball, Um, always in the garden, uh, kicking a football around and then um, I first started playing um, for my first team when I was was five years old.
0: And can you remember the name of the first team?
2: I do, yeah, it's Crystal Boys it was Um, and it was a feeder team um, into a local club that was called Pegasus, that my dad was actually in the very first Pegasus team when he was young. Um, and we was crystal boys for a couple of years and then moved um, into the Pegasus uh, ranks. Um, and that's where I stayed, literally up until I was uh, about 14.
0: So, obviously, during this... this well, first of all, let, let's discuss, were you playing midfield then or, or goalkeeper or um, striker or what?
2: I, I was playing like left wing at the time. Uh-huh. Um, back in the day it was kind of like a free up front I mean it was 11 a side then um, for the young kids And we literally played like a 4-3 three, three formation Which you know is a bit uh, before before the times if you know what I mean Because everyone plays that now yeah. um, And I was playing sort of like left wing and, and scoring quite a lot of goals Which uh, you know was, uh, which was sort of what I was doing in my career as well As I got obviously older um, but yeah I remember remember it really, really well. It was mainly like loads of kids from from our school that was in our team, and yeah, it's good times, very good times.
0: so at, at what point did you become aware that you know maybe you you'd got something there that those feet of yours could do wonderful things with a ball?
2: um well pretty pretty early on to be honest, uh, I mean, I wasn't the biggest I'm uh, well, not the biggest now, but I wasn't the biggest as a child, but I could kick the ball. For my age, really, really hard, really fast, um, and yeah, I mean, it's like like even now, isn't it? if You score goals, you feel good about yourself, um, and I always, yeah, I knew that I had a special, special talent from a young age. How special it would have been, and how far I could have progressed, you know? Only, well, you wouldn't have known at that age. It was just sort of like about, you know, just training hard and um, enjoying it. At the, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. <coughs>
0: okay well um at what point were you aware that tottenham hospital was sniffing around
2: it was a bizarre situation to be honest because it wasn't um it wasn't anything i was aware of until we because obviously i'm a spurs fan and we went um up to tottenham to watch a youth game um which a certain soul campbell i remember played in uh, against norwich um Back in them days, you could sort of like walk into the um, main reception at the club. And we did that to sort of like ask for tickets. And um, then the, the some, I, can't, I can't remember the conversation, but my name got brought up. And the man that was behind the desk um, was like, Glenn Paul, do you play for such and such? And I was like, yeah. And he said, we, we've been watching you um, and we'd like to invite you for a try. It was bizarre absolutely bizarre sort of scenario Mm -hmm. um and then they I I ended up training with them uh for for the last couple of months of the season and they said like do you want to come back um next year uh so I was like yeah uh then got signed on associated schoolboy forms which at the time was sort of like really highly regarded um and I, I I literally left um like the Pegasus uh set up when I was about 14 um to then obviously play for Spurs on, on a Sunday.
0: And who was this bloke then that, that, that said, uh, you know, oh, playing...
2: do, you, do you know what? I, I can't remember. I actually cannot remember his name, but he was involved in the scouting set-up for the youth, um, for the youth side of the club. Oh. Um, oh God, do you know, for life of me, I'm terrible. I, I, can't, I can't remember his name. But a- I've Harry CSG, read that perhaps? So... Oh, no, no, not Harry. I mean, I did <laughs> have the fortune to meet him at Spurs um, further down the line and he made some very complimentary things about me which we can sort of go into later on if you want yeah. but uh, no it wasn't it wasn't him but um, yeah, I mean it was just a sort of sliding doors moment that if I hadn't have gone to that game then who knows it might have never have happened
0: so what, what year would this have been then 19 uh...
2: oh gee 19
0: 1992 I would say 92, yeah. 93, yeah. You, joined, yeah. you joined Jovel in 99, so uh, it was obviously yeah, a while so, before yeah. then, then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time to catch up with Glenn's musical choice, and his first selection is Shape of You by Ed Sheeran.
1: my waist and put that body on me. I'm coming now, follow my lead. I'm coming now, follow my lead. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the shape of you. We push and pull like a magnet. Do. Although my heart is falling too. I'm in love with your body. And last night you were in my room. And now my bedsheets smell like you. Every day discovering something brand new.
0: Of you. Ed Sheeran there and Shape of You. So, I mean, how did the early days at, at, at Spurs go? I mean, obviously, you wouldn't have been training at White Hart Lane. I suppose you'd go to their normal uh, their training base, would you? No,
2: no, we actually trained at White Hart Lane. Did you? Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, the old ground had, like, two ball courts. Um, one was the downstairs one, which was literally a car park on match days, but had a, had a sort of, like, 5 side pitch marked out. Um, and... Also, there was an AstroTurf ball court, um, which was upstairs um, behind one of the stands. So, yeah, we would train there like uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday and then obviously play on a Sunday uh, at the old Mill Hill training ground or if we was playing away at one of the other training grounds until Spurs moved to um, the new training ground at the time, Spurs Lodge. But, I mean, for me, it was uh, it was amazing because uh, being a Spurs fan... Um, it was it was amazing. I mean, I had other offers from other clubs, Charlton and Leighton Orient, um, and because I was a Spurs fan, your head's obviously going to get swayed by the team you support. And I mean, I met um, Steve Perryman, which is who I'm named after, my middle name. Glenn Hoddle, obviously, my first name. And I actually met when I was at Yeovil. I um, uh, got to meet like, so many of the players. Teddy Sheringham at the time was my idol. Um, I met, you know, uh, Darren Anderton. And as a schoolboy, like you know, you're still at school. You see these players. It's like wow, it's just it was just an amazing experience that you know you, you
0: can't you can't take away. And um, who else was in the team when when you were there? I mean, were there any sort of notable names that were coming up through the ranks alongside you?
2: Yeah, I mean, when when uh, we got to about fourteen, fifteen, um, Peter Crouch uh, came over from QPR. Um, Ledley King came over from Millwall, I think it was. Um, Alton Fellwell, he came over uh, and, and joined us as well. They're, they're the three names that, you know, spring to mind that, every, you know, a lot of people would know. Um, obviously, Crouchy and Ledley went on some massive things, which was amazing. You know, they, they you could see right from, from the start when they was with us that, you know, they had qualities that, you know, would elevate them to to them levels Alton played for um, the first team uh, a few times and had a good career at like Hull and uh, Leighton Orient so yeah they're the three that that stand out
0: and um, was Crouchy as tall then as he is now
2: oh yeah yeah he was yeah exactly what he is like now he was like that at 14 15 was he? Um, yeah. yeah and also like his character as well was exactly how how he is now do you know what i mean he hasn't changed one bit i actually met i actually met I actually saw him sorry when um i was playing at barnet um at south mim services i was walking across the forecourt just saw like someone saw like making a gesture through through the glass in the thing and it was him and i was like geez. <laughs> we had a chat, we were chatting for about 15, 20 minutes, you know, yeah. and it was great because it was like, you know, he was at Spurs at the time and it was just like being back all them years ago, you know, such such a, a great bloke and, um, you know, it, whatever he achieved in the game, he, he never changed, which was, you know, credit to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, during this period of time, then obviously you're trying your best to be, um, you know, number one, if you like. Um but you're up against a whole team of everybody who wants to be number one, and everybody who wants to earn a, co- a contract. Yeah. How how difficult you know was to co- cut the competition within the team and you know at the club generally?
2: Um, to be honest, I found it difficult uh, for for many reasons. I I wasn't I wasn't a confident lad to be fair. I was quite timid at, at that time, and I was sort of worrying more about what other people were doing than what I was doing, and didn't truly believe in myself if I'm completely honest at that time. Um, mm. you know. And there was a lot of competition, you know, like uh you know, I played centre mid, left mid and left wing back, you know, at the time. That was a, a formation that everyone sort of favoured. And um, you know, I, it it didn't really take off for me. Um, I uh I got glandular fever in my second year as well, which put me back I was out of training for like six seven weeks two months just sort of like not doing anything and um, new sort of like youth team manager coming I just never really got a look in Um, and it 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 wasn't great you know but again it was memories that I made and all the 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 stuff that didn't quite happen for me I sort of like took on board and and used it as motivation for for further down the line And, and looking back on it it did really stand me in good stead for you know what what was to follow?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what was to follow was, of course, you ended up at Hears Park.
2: Yes, I did. Yeah. Now yeah, talk,
0: it was, uh... talk me through that. I mean, how did it how did it start? Who rang you? You know, how long were the negotiations going on for, <laughs> etc. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it
2: was a, it was a, a crazy one, really, because I went to the exit trials at um, at. Uh, I uh, was at Um, and I got one club contact me to say they wanted me to go and have a trial, and that was Shrewsbury. And although I did all right there, nothing sort of really materialised. It was sort of like we want to offer you a one-year deal, or I wanted a two, and it was a bit tentative. It wasn't nothing concrete, and. God bless him. Frank Leeworthy um, was the chief scout at Yeovil at the time, and he had seen me play for Tottenham um, against Wimbledon um, in a in a like youth team game. And because he had one of his boys was in goal for us, that he, he'd recommended to Spurs. Yeah. And he made a phone call to me and said, "Look, I, I see you play against Wimbledon, and I know what you're about. I want you to come down to Yeovil. There's a three year contract for you." And I was like wow um okay uh, i was sort of like if i'm honest i had to find out where Yovel was um <laughs> and it, uh, at the time i didn't i didn't take him up on it um i had a couple of offers uh, in the pro game it, one was barnet and i went and trialed out there and trained there but john Steele, for the first time and there was a couple more times after that where he completely messed me about <laughs> he's not one of my most popular figures in football um, and I then ended up playing non-league for Whittam Town um, and Fulge United for a little while at the start of the season and then um, I just by chance just I, m- I remember clear as day I was in my bedroom and I just rung Frank and just said you know um, is is the offer still there bearing in mind this was like a couple of months later and he, he said most definitely yeah. Um, he said, "He said um, if you want to come down and play in a reserve game this Saturday, um, we're playing at the stadium, um, and you know you can come and have a look around and meet your potential landlady, and you know we'll go from there." So I was like, "Okay," and I remember staying at my uncle's um, in Reading on the Friday night with with my mum, uh, and he drove us down um, the next morning, uh, and I remember meeting Frank. He was an absolute gent. He's honestly the nicest man I think I've ever met in football. And he believed in me right from day one. And um, I remember playing um, in the game. We played Melksham at home. I'm sure it was Melksham at home. And we won 3 2. I played centre mid, scored. Um, I remember the goal, got slipped through. Keep come out, just dinked it over him. And from then, he just, you know, and there was a crowd there, which was amazing because it was a reserve game on the Saturday. Um, and, and I was sold, I was completely sold. And then he said, look, we're giving you a three year professional contract. Um, although we have semi-professional, you know, you can use the facilities during the day, even though you'd be on your own pretty much. Um, and you know, you can work your way into the first team, hopefully, um, and just, you know, literally just go from there and and, that, and that's what I did and he said that I had to study at Yeovil College which, to be honest, lasted one day because, you know, my eyes were like well, I'm at football club, I'm technically full-time I don't really want to be doing the college course and, yeah, that lasted one day but, you know, uh, yeah, and that and that was that
0: All music now and this is the one they all pick The Killers and Mr Brightside
2: Coming out of my cave.
0: Killers, no, Mr Brightside. So, who was that yogul at that particular point? I mean, first of all, who was the manager? Was it Gary? No, it was Colin, Colin Lippia. Colin Lipiot, right, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Colin Lipiot. Um He didn't last too long. Uh, I didn't actually um, partake in any sessions with him. Um, but after he left and I had, uh, had moved on and through the football circles, you know, his as you do um, he was brilliant with me he said like I, I knew all about you when you signed great player um, he, I think he tried to sign me I can't remember it might have been at St Albans or Woking. I can't actually remember but he was a top bloke and always had time for me and I had time for him you know when we used to see each other um, and then um, Tomo then took over didn't he after um, was it Tomo it was Tommo Tomo was it
0: um no, you, you, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, it
2: was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, because he gave me my debut, so it wouldn't have been too long too long after that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, summer, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, who? what was your first first game for for the full, you know, first team, the Oval team?
2: Uh, the first one was in the Somerset Premier Cup, I remember, I think it was Poulton away. Yeah. Um, we won 2-1, two, two, I believe. Played quite well, didn't, didn't, you know, didn't set the world alight, in my opinion, I don't, I didn't think. But, you know, Tomo was playing um, centre-mid. I think I played... No, I played left-wing that day, yeah. So I used to play, like, centre-mid for the reserves and left-wing or wing-back when I used to come into the first team. And uh, he then said, right, you're involved um, next week. I think it was a, a cup game against Hereford, which was when I actually made, like, my sort of, like, home debut um it was in a it was like a league cup wasn't it like a, something but a cup i think it was
3: yeah
2: um and um we won three nil and i scored after about 20 minutes so yeah it was um that and that was amazing because again playing in front of like nearly a thousand people yeah at 18 at any level it was bearing in mind i've been at whittem and Folds in front of like 100 yeah it yeah. was like it was like, wow, this is a proper, proper football club. And then I was involved on the uh, Saturday at home to and Diamonds, which we won five-one. And I came on with about about five ten minutes to go um, when the game was sort of like one. And and that was an amazing experience as well. And it was it was just like, you know, what this is this is a proper football club. And I'm I'm really pleased and proud that you know I, I'm here and wanted That's- to kick on.
0: Who else was in the side with you?
2: Skivo. Skivo was there. And that was when Skivo sort of started establishing himself. Because I think he was in and out at the start of that season because he'd just joined. Um, and then, you know, there was Ben Smith, Wazza, um, uh, Jamie Pittman, Penn Nook, uh, Rob Cousins, Tony Pounder, um, Adrian Foster, you know they and, and they were they were top top blokes they was they were top yeah. top blokes and yeah. you know they made me feel so welcome especially like Ben, Skivo and Waza because where I didn't drive at the time and I was going home literally like every weekend or every other weekend you know they kindly let me jump in the car and it was it was mm-hmm. quality They 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 were all like top top blokes
0: yeah, they were, I mean, you know, over a, a team of, a few of them in the team now at uh, their peak, uh, we could have done with them. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were top players. So, a- according to Wikipedia, though, you only actually made 19 appearances for Yellwood. Does that sound about right to you?
2: Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, they're or they I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I, I never I never really, really got going first team-wise. Uh, like I say, like with anything, for many different reasons, you know, I, I'd my head was in the clouds a little bit, you know, scoring on my debut and, you know, I scored a lot of goals in the reserves, a lot of goals in the reserves, which, mm. you know, is a different it's a different kettle of fish. But, you know, I mean, I remember I scored like nearly thirty goals in one season for, for the reserves and uh I was sort of like looking at other players and, and thinking, you know, I could do I could do better than that. Yeah. You know, I could be in there doing that but without realising I was only like nineteen, twenty years old and when I did get a chance, you know, didn't didn't really take it. And um, sort of like, I felt a little bit of entitlement coming from Tottenham, you sort of like, and going down, sort of thought it'd be easy to sort of make that, you know, step into the first team and then kick on and, and go again. And I thought, like, you know, I was sort of like a little bit ahead of myself, if I'm completely honest, and just never really, never really got going. Um, you know, which was a shame because you know i've said it many times it was the right club for me but just you know unfortunately it was just at the wrong time you yeah. know it was i wasn't you know i wasn't mature enough in a football sense um to kick on um and it, it's a one big regret i've got because you know i loved my time down there um and you know it just wasn't meant to be but you know like of anything you just sort of take them experiences and and you know use it for the better in the future
0: yeah absolutely and so, uh, uh, I mean, I, I presume it came to the point where they didn't offer to renew your contract in 2002, is that right?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Gary Johnson came in and, um, I mean, to be honest, he was, he was great with me. He was great with me in the respect that previous managers were like, oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're this, you're, you're that, you know, we really value you, want you to do this, do that but never really got me involved in the squads on a, re- on a regular basis, you know. Like, as a youngster, if you're coming on off the bench, like I always used to say, like Lindy used to do. Lindy yeah. used to be involved all the time. And if that was me, I don't think I would have been in that much of a rush to sort of, like, get playing or have that sense of entitlement because you're involved, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and that,
2: yeah. And, and that's always the gauge that I looked at. You know, not you know. He deserved it by by you know every which way he deserved it. But I always felt that I did as well because I was in the reserves crew. I was knocking on the door. You know, I'm scoring goals, goals, goals. You know, and that for me was why the managers were like saying, you know, yeah, we want you, we want you, blah blah blah. But then when Gary came in, straight away Gary was you know he was great. He played me like he played me a lot in preseason. Um, and I remember we played one game and he, he got on the coach. and he went, you've just got to enjoy it. And I, I said, what do you mean? He went, play, enjoy it because you don't look like you're enjoying it because you just look like so tense and so like uptight. And, and, and I took that on board because I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I must be. If he's seeing it, it I must be. Yeah. And um, I played against Newport away. I remember it was crazy. Like, I, remember, I just remember this game, play centre midfield and I got taken off at half time. Um and it, I just was I was poor. I was poor. And then um I remember I played the second game of the season away at Telford. Um I remember it's clear as day. We had a light blue kit, I wore number eight, played on a wing, again got taken off at half time. I was poor, I was just so off it. And I just thought, Do you know what? I'm I'm not on it and I I I was a bit homesick as well. Um and he just said to me, And his advice was, you need to go, play games, score goals, and the rest will fall into place.
0: More music now, and it's Oasis and Wonderwall.
4: not today.
0: and Wonderwall.
2: And I went on loan to like Ford United again which is now Redbridge um, and, and that's what I did I sort of like went played um, I went on loan to Bath previous but only lasted 70 minutes and sort of done my fire so that sort of night never materialised either and, and I took his words on board and then when I actually was at Brentford years later and we played Bristol City and ironically I was injured um, for that game and sort of like rested and um I saw him in a tunnel and he just said like, you know, all them things I said to you, like, that thing I said to you, sorry, you, you went and done it, you know, and, and he was right, he yeah. was right, but I was grateful because he was the only manager that sort of said to me, look, at the moment, you're nowhere near it, you need to go play games, and that's what I did, and thankfully, I took his advice on board.
0: And and looking at the figures, we won't, we won't go through every one of them, but uh, you, you played 80 times for Ford United. I presume that, was that sort of, originally a, a, a team that was made up of ford workers at dagenham
2: well that that was the that was the yeah when it when it first happened that was that was um yeah what what it was yeah. but as it as it moved along it, it never well, the time I was there yeah it was just you know a semi professional club yeah. then yeah um but they still carried the ford badge as you see on the cars, and
3: yeah,
2: um, yeah, yeah um, there was no affiliation in the end with 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 the company. But that was that was a blessing in disguise for me because I went there and it was it was crazy because I still had that sense of entitlement coming from Yeovil. It was like, all right, I've gone down. I'm a pro at Yeovil. I should be doing this, and then I wasn't. At the end of that season, we won the Ryman One North, um, and I remember the last few games. I was on the bench and um, the manager said to me, he was a good mate of my dad's. He said, Look, I need experience. And that was kind. And he said, you, You're not, you know, working hard enough. And you know, when you're like, Well, oh, that's another person that said it. Do you know what I mean? And it was, um, but I played the last game and, and, and then, yeah, that uh, the move was permanent by then. Um, after the loan deal. Um, and it, it was just, the, the the overall experience was just, it was great for me, even though, you know, at the time it wasn't
0: yeah, great at yeah. the moment, you know. Well, according to this, you scored 33 goals for Ford. Then you moved on to Thurrock, uh, another 12 goals there from 25 appearances. And then Grays Athletic, 75 appearances and 19 goals. So you're still bagging in the goals. You had a pretty consistent spell then. Um, a quick yeah. quick loan at Rochdale, and then and then Brentford, the big one, I suppose, from your for your your yeah. career um, yeah. in two thousand and seven. Now, how did that come about? Tell tell you know, talk me around that one.
2: Well, I mean, uh, to be fair, them figures. There's quite a lot of goals missing, like from you know, like local, um, you know, like the county cups and all that. Like I was like, yeah,
0: one season yeah.
2: I got thirty, you know. And um, the one thing that I sort of added to my game, and I've got. Um, My ex-manager Craig Edwards um, to thank for that. Who sadly, his Chesney team got relegated from the Conference South last night, and spoke to him this morning. You know, like he sort of instilled a work rate into me, a big work rate. Like he says, you know, you're great on the ball. You need to work. You need to run. And I was scared of him because he was a shouter. And at the time, I was like, geez, you know, I need to, I need to work hard and run because otherwise, I'm going to be shouted at and not in the team. And That's when I started scoring the goals. And, you know, like we've got a saying, goals get moves. Um, And then just gradually went up the ranks. And, you know, we had a great success at at Gray's winning the trophy, which, again, Yeovil was a big inspiration for that because the year I left, the boys won the trophy. And I was like, I want to win that. And thankfully I did. But that was all because the focus every year on the trophy for me was from that. Like, I want to win that. And I was lucky enough to say I've, I've done that. Um, and then when I went on to Rochdale and um, in the FA Trophy semi for Grays, just before I went to um, Rochdale Andy Scott who was being instilled as assistant manager at um, Brentford was watching and to be honest that was one of the best games I've ever had we lost unfortunately but me personally played well and you know Terry Butcher was coming in as manager and um, Andy sort of like Contacted my agent and said, "Like, look, we want him to come down and have a chat," which I did. Um, and they offered me a two-year deal, and I had other offers. One was Rochdale, Dagenham, Redbridge, Barnet, um, uh, um, Torquay, as well. Um, and no, Brentford was the one I was impressed with them the most. And obviously Terry Butcher, what a legend he is. And it was it would have been an honour, and it was an honour to play for him.
0: But that must have boosted your uh, morale by you know getting somebody like Terry Butcher. Uh, ringing up saying, hey, Glenn, come on down. I want to chat to you. Well,
2: there's a funny story, actually, because he actually didn't do the ringing. It was Andy. Right. And um, we're sitting in the office, me and my agent, and Andy and Terry are sitting there. And Terry had managed uh, up in Scotland and in Australia, I think, or somewhere abroad. And um, he said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who you are. don't know anything about you. I'm going on Andy's judgment. And me, stupid. I don't know why I have said it, but you know, I, I used, you know can be quite cheeky. I went, "That's all right. I don't even know anything about you."
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I'm sitting there like staring at him, and I can just see my agent's head like turn slowly, looking at me, like as if of say, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And he thought it was he thought it was funny. It was like an icebreaker, and um, he was he was great. He was a great bloke. Unfortunately, it never worked out for him. But you know, I think he was caught in a time where his methods were just becoming not slightly but very outdated and but what a top bloke but the way he was with me and he tried to sign me for Inverness um further down the line which that that was close to happening um but yeah like you know to to have someone like that around you and you know and and picking me every week when I was fit um yeah it was it was a massive confidence
0: boost Now choice number 4 is usher and yeah
2: he's up eight hey,
3: town <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. In the club with my homies, trying to get a little V.I., keep it down on the low key. Cause she know I'm with hey, I started hey. shorty, she was checking the game. She was singing in my ear. You would think that she knew me. Decided to cheat. Okay. Conversation yes. got heavy. Hey. She had me.
5: lady in the street but a freak, freak in the a bed, bed that say yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Kind of Usher there and yeah. Right, well, you played seventy-one games for Brentford, scored nineteen goals. Well, according to Wikipedia, and we we we, <laughs> make, yeah. we make allowances for Wikipedia, but it's it's yeah. a good it's a good tool to be fair. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you then had sort of, various clubs: Grays, AFC Wimbledon, Barnet, Braintree, Thurrock, and then you got to Billericay Town, where that stands out as being a. a, a well, a four-year stay, hundred, yeah. hundred and fifty-one appearances, thirty goals. Um, you know, you must have been reaching your peak around this time, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's from club to club, and you know, like various reasons, it never sort of like really worked out anywhere. Um, you know, like certain clubs, it was, it was owners, it was, you know, it, it, you know, AFC Wimbledon, it was. You know, one minute, you're one game, you've one. you done a squad rotation and, you know, one game you're playing, one you're not. And it, it never really settled because I went midway through the season. And it was a case of, I went to Thurrock, and I didn't enjoy it there. And I sort of like went to Billericay because Craig, my manager that was at Redbridge, who turned my career around, sort of said like, you know, I can offer you this amount of money. It wasn't a lot of money at all. It wasn't at all. Um... I want you to come help us out, help us win the league, because they was top at the time. And he said, you know, come, see how we go. Um, won the league, and I loved it. It was I was at a point where I was really losing interest in football. Really, really losing interest. Like I was just at that point where, you know, what do I need to do? What, what am I going to do next? And that's when I first started my business as well. Um, so it's sort of like all... Coincided with signing for Billericay, and like I say, we won the league that year, which was amazing. And I just loved it—the fact that like they got a big core of supporters there, and they sort of like took to me. And all my family used to go to the games, and you know, you'd have a drink with them after. It, it was just amazing, and yeah, like a four-year stint there, and that, and, and arguably my most consistent season as a player um, was was one of them years. I won managers' player, supporters' player, and players' player of the year. I mean that speaks volumes of you know what you know I did that season and you know you can obviously be proud of your team awards but when you get individual awards awarded to you then obviously you know that speaks volumes and yeah yeah, that was that was arguably my most consistent time in my career and one that I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed as well thoroughly enjoyed and you know, I went back there the other week uh, to watch a game with like my wife and my two little kids. Um, it was, yeah, and again the, the, the things that were said to me and the way I was treated over there, it was it was amazing. And that's always nice as well.
0: Well, we must have, we've moved on rather rapidly from Brentford, but we must just point out that you did score the uh, goal of the season uh, yeah. in, in a volley against Wickham Wanderers on Boxing Day. Can you remember the goal? Yeah vaguely <laughs> yeah no
2: no i do remember it um, yeah when uh, we practiced it actually on um on uh, the day before uh well it would have been christmas eve yeah um and i remember we was doing it and he's you know the manager was sort of saying you know We've got to get out to paulie paulie will hit the target this that, and the other. we was tra- practicing it after training oh my i must have hit the p- flight path that he has gone over the fence in the trees. I don't think I've hit the target. And then I just remember the game and we got a corner and I was like, right, here we go, here we go. And I remember the ball from Ryan Dixon, and next player we'll player as well. Yeah. He's clipped the, clipped the ball up in the air and it was really high. Like, and I mean, extraordinarily high. And as I've sort of like manoeuvred back, I've sort of like slipped but not gone down. And as it's come to me, I've just hit it. And I, I, I can still feel it coming off my foot. Now, I hit it like so well and it just flew in and yeah well it was, it, I, look, I look at it now and I go to be fair that was some goal and um, you know when I go back there as well it's kind of like if I, it always gets mentioned and if I'm remembered just for that one moment I'll I'll take that you know what I mean but the, the thing that annoyed me most was we lost the game yeah <laughs> lost 3-1 three, lost but you know it, it was that's yeah the best goal I think I've scored
0: obviously a bit of a worldie then I suppose i did I didn't really do
2: tapping, though did i no no <laughs> probably not no no i did I did and I used to take a lot of credit out of that but but no it was it was a bit of a bit of a screamer, yeah
0: yeah um well, we're now uh two thousand seventeen you're at Grays athletic um played twenty five got uh, twenty five times for them according to this um was that more or less it then
2: yeah I mean um Went to Thurrock and was player coach there for my old manager Mark Stimson, who I played for at Grays, and um, got promotion that year, which was great. I wasn't meant to play too much, but I played like 48 games, so we got promoted. Um, and then I got uh, shingles in that summer um, when we got promote after we got promoted, and um, never really got going. Went went back to Grays um, only because. Um, budget issues which you know i won't bore you with but you know what happens with budgets and yeah, um, yeah. went there as a player coach and i think i've done one session as a coach for, for for like six months and i met my now wife um and um, what, was she at training <laughs> no, no 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 she was she, she kept her distance from football but um but no like um and then sort of like, you know, we, we was talking about, you know, kids and what we wanted to marriage and, and all that. And um, I just wasn't enjoying it, to be honest with you. I remember, you know, sitting there and just... We, I remember we played Soam away and I was sitting there and I was like, I'm just not enjoying this anymore. Really, yeah. really not. I weren't enjoying training. And I love training. I used to love it. You know, it used to be time for me to sort of like, just lose yourself for a little bit. And I just remember sitting... There one morning and I just put put a thing on Twitter saying that's me done I didn't even discuss it with anybody yeah. just thought that's me done um, and yeah it was five years ago yesterday that was my last game and yeah I mean it, it. and I wasn't a regular that's the thing you know I always said if I'm not a regular starter then I know my time's coming to an end and I always wanted to leave that impression you know give people more and I still get people now saying do you want to come and play do you want yeah. To come and coach, you know, yeah. because it it was on my terms. You know, I was fortunate with injuries, as well, or lack of injuries. Um, so for me, it was it was it was the right time. And you know, obviously, since then, um, I had two little children, um, you know, with with my wife, and I've got two older step boys as well. So time, um, you don't really think too much about football in a minute,
0: always always doing something. And now the last of Glenn's musical choices, and it's uh, Neil Diamond and Sweet Caroline.
1: Where it began I can't begin Reaching out, touching me, touching me. i wow.
0: Neil Diamond there and sweet Caroline. So let's talk about Glen Paul now. What are you doing with yourself? If, uh, you've got a family which keeps you going, I'm sure, but uh, what are you doing with yourself now? Yeah, I've
2: yeah, been married uh, nearly five years now. I've got, um, let's say I've got my stepson, who's 12. Um, my second youngest stepson's nine. I've got um, my son Teddy, who's uh, three. He'll be four in September, and I've got little girls well it was eighteen months so yeah it's um yeah it's never a dull moment. It's you know, it's hectic. Um I run my own soccer school, um, working in primary schools, coaching uh, football and other sports as well. Uh, I've got childcare clubs at the schools before and after. Um and I've just started coaching like my stepson Alfie's football team, Whitton where, you know, it all started as a senior footballer uh, for me. Um so I'm just started doing that, getting involved, coaching them and sort of like getting the bug back a little bit. Um, you know, where I've taken that break, you know, and um, sort of like let's say getting it back and yeah, just, just you know, literally that, that that's it, you know, working hard. Um and sort of like just keeping my you know, keeping my eye on all the football.
0: So, uh, in the not too distant future then some Thurrock, Grays, Ricky. We got to watch to see if there's any youngsters coming through that have been trained at the Glenpool <laughs> yeah. School of Excellence Center yeah. Well yeah that's yeah that's
2: what I like to like to hope you know for the future but yeah you know it's um, you know, the one thing I always promote with the kids is you know have fun that's all have fun, have fun work hard and then, you know, if you're good enough it will definitely, definitely come and I think there's a lot of coaches now, I see it around here, um, you know, and on, on social media <laughs> overload the kids with like, you know too much information, these, some of these kids can't even tie their shoelaces yeah. you know I mean? and they're blinding these kids with like overloads and, you know all load blocks and all that, you're like come on, just let them have fun you know, a, you know, the, the rest to take care of itself, but, you know yeah, but that's if I can you know, if I can influence just one child, you know, further down the line and they can become a footballer then, you know, i will be happy with that. Job done.
0: Excellent. And you're you are you are quite happy with life? I mean it's you know, fulfilling and uh, it's what you wanna do right now? Yeah, that's what I wanna do right now. I mean I'm I'm not hundred percent
2: happy because I'm a Spurs fan, so can never be hundred oh. percent happy when you support that mob. No, but you're I, gonna um...
0: be really <laughs> you're really gonna be totally and utterly pissed off tomorrow, aren't you? Exactly, yes. You yes. going to get... I, I weren't going
2: to mention it, mate. I weren't going to mention
0: you it. You are going to get but... one hell of a hammer in tomorrow. I know.
2: And, I, I you know, I'll be even more disappointed when you'll like, take Mr Harry Kane as well in the summer, which I believe will happen. But, um, yeah, no, I'm happy where, you know with, with what I'm doing. I still feel like I've got a lot to offer football. And who knows, you know, what, what the future may bring with regards to that. But, you know, I, I'm I'm a big believer in family first. And, you know, at this particular moment in time, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to jeopardise spending time, you know, with my family because being at work and commuting, I don't see much of them in the evenings. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if I put football into the mix would hardly see them anymore so at the moment i'm happy yeah more than happy um but you know who knows
0: what the future will bring good well glenn thanks very much for coming on the show it's been My very pleasure. interesting to hear of your progress through the through the uh, london leagues and what have you and brentford yep. and so you know good on you for that and uh, keep up you. the good work with the uh, the soccer schools yeah. Thank Um, you, and yourself. You're always doing a good job, mate, aren't you? I don't know about that. You wait till you get to my age, mate. Every day's a a burden, I can tell you. Well, I'm nearly there.
2: I'm 42, so I've only got like eight years, ain't I? Till I get to your age.
0: (laughs) Eight years. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely to talk to you. Um, And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, good luck in the future.
2: Yeah, cheers, mate. You too.
0: And you. Cheers for now. This is Three Valleys Radio.
1: The heart is a
0: and you've been listening to the In Conversation program with A.D. Hopper.
1: No space to in this town.
0: Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio.
1: And the reason